Thank you, kids. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for all the things that you have done for us. And we ask, Lord, that as we look to your word, you'd help us to understand it more fully. Um, Guide us in our understanding, Lord. Guide us in our, our thinking. Help us to be sensitive to your leading and your conviction and um, your illumination of the Word. In Jesus' name, amen. So it's good to have the kids up here. And uh, a lot of kids, at least when I was a kid, I would wake up Easter morning, right? And look around the house or yard for candy. And many, so many people get up and look for eggs or they look for eggs when they get together with the family You ever wonder why that started that way? I found an article or a radio program from Breakpoint, the Colson Center, this week. It was pretty interesting on this topic of some of the traditions that we have and where they originated from. It's always nice when uh, there are others that will do the hard work for us. So I'm going to point to that article a little bit this, this morning. They relate how... Many during Holy Week or part of Lent back in the day would be forbidden to eat eggs, uh, maybe a part of Lent or whatever. So there were a lot of, so the Holy Week from Palm Sunday to Easter, there were a lot of eggs that they didn't eat over the week because they were for, forbidden. And so they would boil these eggs and then they eventually started, you know, making a game out of it, finding the eggs and then decorating the eggs and and so it's mentioned about how uh, they, they began this, as well as when you look at the egg and you think about uh, the tomb, when the tomb was there, we have the, the, the stone, the, the massive rock, granite stone that would cover the tomb, right? The door of the tomb. And many say, when you look at an egg, when a, a little bird, a duckling breaks forth from the egg, it reminds you of how Jesus broke forth out of the tomb. And so they use that as a comparison as well. But any, any way, any direction we would take it or what we think, history, why we have eggs as a part of the celebration, uh, why we celebrate it today, um, there's a lot of different things that should remind us that He is risen, right? And we celebrate by looking for things that are hidden, and it's fascinating. They were looking for Jesus, whom they thought had been hidden, and He was not hidden. And so we celebrate by looking for things, and a question as you're looking, if you kids go to another family function and you begin looking for eggs, Let's have this question. Whom are you seeking? You might say, wait a second, what am I seeking? I'm seeking an egg or candy, right? But the question is not only what do we seek, but whom do we seek? And today on Easter morning, we we must be reminded to seek Jesus. We must, must look to Jesus and not allow all of the extra fun and festivities distract but point us towards jesus christ our messiah who is who is raised from the dead and so the challenge this morning is to look unto jesus and live life to the fullest and the reason why we say live life to the fullest is sometimes we say well you know just church drags me down and bible study and 
trying to follow Jesus drags me down, but no, it is real life, right? That's living life to the fullest. And yet some people say you must embrace sin or the world's way or what you really truly enjoy or what you feel or think you are or what you want to do. That's living life to the fullest. But no, it's not. It's seeking after Christ. And so what do you seek or whom do you seek? And how do you live life? So how do you live life to the fullest? Let's explore this just a little bit more. Let's search for it just a little bit more here on Resurrection Day. And let's search by searching for some goodies, all right? And I think these are really good goodies. That's a double, all right? Anyway, but the challenge here is to seek the living one. And so the question is, do you seek the living one. Jesus is not among the dead. And so let's look at John chapter 20. In John chapter 20, it says, now on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene came early to the tomb while it was still dark and saw the stone already taken away from the tomb. So she ran and came to Simon Peter and to the other disciple whom Jesus loved and said to them, now I want you to notice throughout the Gospel of John, John never refers to himself. John, the Apostle John, the disciple John, never likes to refer to himself. He just says the other disciple or the other one. Okay, And you'll see it a couple times in this passage. Uh, or as the disciple whom Jesus loved. Does Jesus love you? How would you like to be known? John came to understand, hey, I'm loved by Jesus. That's my name. I'm loved by Jesus. That's all you need to know. Right? Anyway, so she ran and came to Simon Peter and to the other disciple whom Jesus loved and said to them, they have taken away the Lord out of the tomb and we do not know where they have laid him. So Peter and the other disciple went forth and they were going to the tomb. The two were running together and the other disciple, right, who would that be? John, ran ahead faster than Peter and came to the tomb first and stooping and looking in, he saw the linen wrappings lying there, but he did not go in because when you look at Luke, you see that actually Simon Peter went in first. It's because even though he was outran by John, John stopped. He stooped and looked. And Peter, verse 6, And so Simon Peter also came, following him, and entered the tomb. And he saw the linen wrappings lying there. And the face cloth, which had been on his head, not lying with the linen wrappings, but rolled up in a place by itself. So the other disciple who had first come to the tomb, then also entered, and he saw and believed. Verse 8. We must first believe in the person and work of Jesus, not just his death, but his resurrection. Know that he is alive. Verse 9, for as yet they did not understand the Scripture that He must rise again from the dead. Verse 10, so the disciples went away again to their own homes. 
Jesus is not among the dead. Remember here in this passage, we find that Mary says they've taken his body, right? They've taken him away. So Simon Peter and John the Baptist, and it gives us, John tries to give us an indication that he believed, yet not fully understanding. And many of the disciples in the other accounts, they still did not understand or believe until Jesus appeared to them. But it's interesting here that, that the stone was rolled back, Jesus' body was gone, yet if they had taken his body, the linen wrappings, you would think, I wouldn't have, un, I wouldn't have taken those off. <laughs> would you? But the wrappings for his body was laid there, and then his head wrapping was folded and set there. In Luke, we find that two angels appear and speak sitting on both ends of where he had been laid. Now, many still did not understand, and Mary Magdalene was one of those. Look at verse 11. But Mary was standing outside the tomb, weeping. And so as she wept, which is understandable, right? As she wept, she stooped and looked into the tomb. And she saw two angels in white sitting, one on the head and one on the feet, where the body of Jesus had been lying. And they said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? She said to them, Because they have taken away my Lord, and I do not know where they have laid him. Pretty hopeless. They've even stolen the body of my Lord. And so the angel spoke to her, and they're like, okay, what? why are you weeping? That's the first question. It's because she didn't fully understand yet. As we go on here in verse 14, when she had said this, she turned around and saw Jesus. Now wait just a second. So she saw angels and she had a a conversation. Now I don't know how they appeared, but most of the time when you find in the Bible when people see angels, they're like, whoa, and they're they're stricken with awe. I wonder how tear-filled her eyes were, (laughs) how mournful she was, or what the deal is in this interaction with angels. But you'll notice the next... I, I, I believe that when we see our resurrected friends and family, we will recognize them. And I believe the only reason she didn't recognize, there's a lot of theories, so I'm not saying I'm the one that's right. In Jesus' glorified state and his resurrected body, the reason she didn't see who it really was because she had trouble looking, she was still weeping, she was still struggling, And she did not expect him to talk to her and be alive. Not saying I am right, but there's a lot of variables here. I mean, she had this, she just had this conversation with these angels, right? So here in verse 14, when she said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there and did not know that it was Jesus. Whatever the reason is, okay? Verse 15, Jesus said to her, 
Woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you seeking? Supposing him to be the gardener, she said to him, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have laid him, and I will take him away. Jesus said to her, Mary. <laughs> oh, it's got an exclamation mark there, right? We don't know if he said Mary passionately or said, Mary, wake up, right? <laughs> Probably Mary. Mary. She turned and said to him in Hebrew, Rabboni, which means teacher. Jesus said to her, stop clinging to me, for I have not yet ascended to the Father. We don't have time to get into this, but interestingly enough, Jesus had work to do here, right? And she's clinging to him, <laughs> wouldn't you? But go to my brethren and say to them, I ascend to my Father and your Father and my God and your God. Here's a proclamation. Jesus is God, right? God the Father is his Father. He is God the Son. Verse 18, Mary Magdalene came announcing to the disciples, I have seen the Lord and that he had, and that he had said these things to her. Fascinating interaction, isn't it? But in these verses 14 through 18, it's important to notice that he is not among the dead. He is not. He is alive. And so, let's revisit this in just a moment. But I want you to understand one thing here. Why are you weeping? We do not mourn like the world who has no hope. Because he is alive. We mourn but it's not in the same way because we know that there is life in Christ, eternal life in Him. We may weep, but when we look upon Jesus, our weeping will stop. Whom are you seeking? Jesus said to, to her, Mary, <laughs> these words, and He wanted her blinders to come off and they came off when he said, Mary. She recognized Jesus. Do you recognize him? Have you believed in him? Because Jesus gives life, not death. Because he is not among the dead. Because he is God the Son. He gives life. And it's important for us to remember as Romans 5.12 states, Right? Romans 5.12 says, Therefore, just as through one man sin entered into the world, and death through sin. And so death spread to all men because all sins. Sin is death. Because of sin, there is death. But Jesus has conquered the grave. 1 Corinthians 15, verse 50 through 58. But sin is death, and sin is slavery to death. Right? Romans 6.6, 6, knowing this, that our old self was crucified with him in order that our body of sin might be done away with so that we would no longer be slaves to sin. That's Romans 6.6. 6. In Galatians 4.3 it says, So also we, while we were children, were held in bondage we were held in bondage we were slaves 
under the elemental things of the world. The lust of the world. The things of the world that take us away from the Lord. The things of the world that cause us to sin. Not all things of the world are bad, right? But the elemental things of the world. The things that lead us to sin, that bind us into sin, and therefore death. Why are you weeping? Oh, there's a lot to weep about. There's a lot of things that cause sorrow. But who or whom are you seeking? Are you seeking a Christ who's still in the grave? Like Mary was? Or do you understand He is raised from the dead and He is alive? Do you have the blinders on? Or do you know He is alive? You know, I forget who it was. Maybe one of you, and you can correct my story if it was you. But someone was telling me about how they, and they, they lived on a farm, right? And how they got up one Easter morning. And, and when they went outside to look for what the Easter bunny left, they found that their friendly family dog had, as they thought, what they thought, killed the Easter bunny. He was in the yard still. It, of course, was just a dead rabbit. You know, the Breakpoint article goes on to point out that rabbits didn't become part of the celebration until the Middle Ages when they were seen as innocent, good, and harmless, and often they were compared to Jesus Christ who is innocent and good. And so in the article, it's to point out it had no pagan roots No matter what its roots, the dead rabbit must remind us that any cultural add-ons to our celebrations do not compare to the greatness of Jesus and His resurrection because He is risen. Do you seek the living one, as Luke states? And so the challenge I want to give you today is we need to look to Jesus and live life to the fullest because we're looking to Him and running the race with endurance. The second good He is, seek the Prince of Peace. Let's go back to this passage here, starting in verse 19. And just notice, and, and go to the other passages after His resurrection. How many times Jesus says, Peace to you, or peace be with you, okay? So when it was evening on that day, the first day of the week, still the same day, and when the doors were shut, now there's some other things that happened, right, that we pieced together from the other, the Gospels there. So there's a lot of things that happened, but here's, it's, it's evening. And when the doors were shut, where the disciples were, for fear of the Jews, they were in this room with the door shut, because they were scared of the Jews, those who had killed Jesus, who had tried Him and killed Him, Jesus came and stood in their midst and said to them, here's one, peace be with you. And when He had said this, He he showed them both His hands and His side. 
The disciples then rejoiced when they saw the Lord. So Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I also send you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, their sins have been forgiven them. If you retain the sins of any, they have been retained. But Thomas, one of the twelve, called Didymus, was not with them when Jesus came. So the other disciples were saying to him, We have seen the Lord. But he said to them, Unless I see in his hands the imprint of the nails and put my finger into the place of the nails and put my hands into his side, I will not believe. After eight days, the disciples were again inside and Thomas with them. Jesus came and doors were having been shut and stood in their midst and said, and so this is another time he appeared to them, right? But notice, peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, reach here with your finger and see my hands and reach here your hand and put it into my side and do not be unbelieving, but believing. Thomas answered and said to him, my Lord and my God. Jesus said to him, because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are they who did not see and yet believe. Therefore, many other signs Jesus also performed in the presence of the disciples, which are not written in this book. But these have been written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you may have life, eternal life, the forgiveness of sins in his name. Now, if we go on through the rest of John, and if we look at the other Gospels, I'd, I'd want you to notice, recognize that Jesus says, peace be with you several times, right? 19, 21, and 26. Now, they were in this inner room. They were fearful because of the Jews. And yet, they w- could have been fearful because of Jesus appearing to them, Right? But there's no need to fear because Jesus has conquered the grave. He has conquered death and he offers forgiveness. In Acts 10.43, in a message to people that they may believe, it says, of him all the prophets bear witness that through his name, everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sins. And if we receive forgiveness of sins, therefore, we no longer have to worry about judgment. Eternal judgment. And hell and then sea of fire. Because Jesus offers forgiveness, which is peace. Therefore, Jesus offers us real peace. What is real peace? What's positional peace? Positional peace in Romans. If you would turn to Romans with me. Go past Acts from John to Romans. Look at chapter 5. And those of you who were here uh, for communion, there's a lot of wonderful truth in chapter 5 here that we read. I want to just touch on verses 1 and 2 and verse 10 as well. Therefore, having been justified by faith, We have peace with God, right? Through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom also we have obtained our introduction by faith into this grace in which we stand and we exalt in hope of the glory of God. Verse 10, for while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of his son. 
Much more, having been reconciled, we shall, have, shall be saved by his life. Reconciliation is to make a broken relationship renewed and whole again. And for us, we were enemies with God. Now we are friends. Now we are, are at peace with God. Reconciliation also means we have peace, positional peace with the Lord God because of what Jesus has done. It also speaks of justification in those first two verses. Also in verse 18, it says, So then as through one transgression there resulted condemnation to all men, even so through one act of righteousness there resulted justification of life to all men. Therefore we're declared righteous even though we're sinners. Jesus is Because of Jesus we have been forgiven if we believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, even if we have, have done wrong, Jesus paid for that. And now declares that we are righteous. We are in his family. We are at peace with God. We do not have to fear condemnation, judgment. And because of that, we also see that there's hope. And this hope gives us a comforting peace. Not just a positional peace. It gives us a comforting peace because of hope in Christ. And it is a peace that surpasses all understanding, right? In Philippians 4, 7. In Philippians 4, 6 and 7, it talks about how now we have a relationship with God and we can take all of our problems, everything, and lay it at His feet and leave it with Him and receive a peace that transcends or surpasses all understanding. We have peace because of what Christ has done. Now, I have a, a subscription to Office 365 Microsoft Word, which includes cloud storage for a lot of our photos and videos. And yesterday, I was saying, man, Easter's really late this year, but there's been other years because I had pictures popping up this week of other times where we had Easter. And so there's this video uh, where I had hidden stuff for the girls, and it was first or second Easter here in Arnold, and and uh, so it was five years ago, and Evelyn's still kind of young, and Sam as well, and they're coming out, and so I give them one, there's some things that we say you get one of these, and it's hidden in the house, like a Cadbury egg, right? And so um, I said, okay, look for this, you guys haven't found them yet, and Evelyn's over there saying, Dad, what's a Cadbury egg? And I'm talking to someone else, I never answer her on the video, what kind of dad am I? You know? She keeps that dad. What does it look like? I don't know what to look for. What is a Cadbury egg? I finally told her, okay, and helped her, you know, you're getting hotter, colder, hotter, right? How many like to play that game? Anyway, no? All right. Um, but there's a lot of people out there that don't know what they're looking for. Mary... Magdalene thought she knew what she was looking for, but she was looking for a dead Jesus, not a living Jesus. You understand he is raised from the dead. He is alive, and he is coming again, right? Keep your eyes on him. You don't have to look far. (laughs) Look at James, talks about that. Look to Jesus. Hebrews 12, 1 and 2, I mentioned that, mentioned that last week. Keep your eyes fixed upon Jesus. 
He is risen. Whom do you seek? What are you chasing after? We look for many things and sometimes think that the things of this world or in this world will give us great joy and peace. But the reality is that a full life is a life lived for the Lord. So look unto Jesus and live life to the fullest by clinging to Him. Let's, let's finish this with 2 Corinthians 5.15. 2 Corinthians 5.15 and Romans 14. It says, And He died for all so that they who live might no longer live for themselves, but for Him who died. That's not where the sentence ends. Okay? For Him who died and rose again on their behalf. Live for Him. That's 2 Corinthians 5.15. Romans 14.7-9. For not, not one of us lives for himself. And not one dies for himself. And this is in the middle of some you know, gray areas where there's some judgment and stuff. He says, but, and so a lot of times I think I overlook what he says here. For not one of us lives for himself, and not one dies for for not one dies for himself, but if we live, we live for the Lord. Or if we die, we die for the Lord. Therefore, whether we live or die, we are the Lord's. For to this end Christ died and lived again, that he might be Lord both of the dead and the living. And what do we say? He is risen. He is risen. Praise the Lord. Look to Jesus. Follow after Him. And you say, yes, pastor, do it all the time. Don't be discouraged. You may be downtrodden, but look to Him and run this race with endurance. We're going to close with a hymn and then have communion in our normal stuff, but I want to sing one more song here in closing. As she comes forward, let's pray. Lord, help us to recognize that, that we can be bound to the bad things that drag us down by living for those things, or we could have wonderful, great, resounding peace as we live for you, whether we die for you or live for you. So help us fix our eyes on you and understand living for you, following after you is living life to the fullest. As we go out today celebrating this glorious time, help us to remember that you, you not only are alive, but you are coming again. And the time we have here is very, very brief. Help us to remember to live every day, every moment for you. In Jesus' name, amen.